Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flower Show with Deborah Prinzing, episode 520. This is the weekly show about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 880 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2021, Farm Girl Flowers. Farm Girl Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting more than 20 U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $9 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgirlflowers.com. Our first sponsor thanks goes to Mayesh Wholesale Florist. Family-owned since 1978, Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S., and we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. In celebration of our Slow Flowers podcast's eighth anniversary, we launched our new live stream video format, calling it the Slow Flowers Show with the goal of sharing the faces and voices of our members, as well as tours of their farms, their shops, and their studios, and most of all, their flowers. Today, you will meet longtime Slow Flowers member Chris Bennett of Chrysanthemums, a full-service floral design studio that is situated at Bennett Botanical Gardens, Chris's five-acre garden and wedding venue in eastern Oregon. I've located Hermiston on the map. It's close to Walla Walla, Washington and Pendleton, Oregon, a beautiful place in the Pacific Northwest. In addition to finding the show notes for this episode at deborahprinzing.com for episode 520, you can watch the replay of my video interview with Chris, including a nine-minute tour of Bennett Botanical Gardens and Chris's design demonstration. Here's a bit more about Chris Bennett. Having been raised among tulips, daffodils, and dahlias in Washington State, Chris learned at a young age the beauty of flowers. In high school, she interned in a local flower shop. Then she moved east to study at Washington State University. She married and eventually settled a bit south to eastern Oregon. Her floral journey includes studying with top designers, including Paula Pryke, Ariella Shazar, Max Gill, David Beam, Amy Osaba, Alicia Schweedy, Francoise Weeks, Holly Chapel, and many others. Chrysanthemum's 750-square-foot studio is located within walking distance of Chris's home and beautiful landscape. She likes to say, When I need encouragement or inspiration, I can walk outside the studio doors and harvest branches, blooms, or into the greenhouse to see what's blooming there. Okay, I know you'll enjoy the conversation, so let's jump in and get started. You'll hear the audio of our interview as we picked up after watching the video of Bennett Botanical Gardens. That was so much fun, Chris. Thank you for taking the time to walk us through your world. And um, now we're going to be live in your studio, so I'm... I'm excited to ask you lots of questions. Do you want to add anything about your property before we get started? Um, well, 
I think the only thing I really want to add is the only, everything has been planted there by us. So there's like three or four giant cottonwood trees that are, what, 100 feet tall or more. Um, and they were there on the property when we came, but everything else has been planted. So, Wow. Wow. Um, Chris, as you said it's five acres. Right. How long have you, how long have you lived there? You know, it sounds um, like you and your husband. For, yeah. Over 30 years. Um, we grew up, my husband grew up ranching, farming. And when I got married, that's where we lived. And then we bought this property and moved here. Wow. And have, you know, kind of call, calling it Bennett Botanical Gardens, implies that it's like open to the public, but, or that there's a nursery there. So describe it as how you use it as a business. Is it just a venue? Um, no. So it is Bennett Botanical Gardens mainly because my husband tries out so many new plants, um, whether it's conifers, you know, anything, he's got a really good friend that raises conifers and they'll, you know, come and get, um, things or give him things to say, Hey, try this, see if it'll survive. And so that's where the botanical part came um, the gardens are open to the public by appointment. Um, we do not charge. Um, and a lot of, you know, organizations travel to come and just go through the gardens or maybe stay and have lunch. Or we do a lot of photos in the gardens, which we don't charge for unless they want to book the whole gardens out, you know, for the whole day. Wow. But people kind of take, you know, like senior photos or family photos or we just want to be able to share it with everyone. Wow, it's such a gift to the community because, um, you know, I would also say that Eastern Washington or, excuse me, Eastern Oregon is always sort of seen as this like high desert area. And then I look at the video you shared and it's so lush and, you know, just really it doesn't look dried out and like parched from the summer. So is that mainly because of irrigation or just the, the way that you take care of your plants? Well, both. Um, yes, if you drive down the road and people drive in and they go, oh, we had no idea this place was here because everything around us, you know, is dry, you know, sagebrush, tumbleweeds, all that kind of, you know, good farmland for those kind of crops like watermelons, potatoes, all that asparagus. Um, but yeah, we do have irrigation water through the ditch company that we pay for every year. Um, we do have a lot of things on drip irrigation. And so that's, you know, an allotment that we pay for and that we use. And so that's how we water everything. Um, you know, my husband's a landscaper and arborist, and so he clearly understands all of that. So, you know, we water at specific times of the night, you know, to save water or shut it off if it's windy, you know, all those kinds of things. So we're smart with the water because water is our lifeline here in Eastern Oregon. Wow. What a complimentary couple you are. Um, I want you to give, uh, you're going to do a little design for us, but can you design and talk at the same time? <laughs> oh, sure. I can walk and talk. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I can do that. Um, so I want to ask a little bit about your studio and then we'll, we'll talk about your business. So you're you I saw on your bio, it's a 750 square foot, uh, studio. It's, it's just steps from your garden at home, right? Right. I mean, I can start laundry and walk out and walk back and, you know, that's a good and a bad thing. But for me, I look at it as a positive thing. Um, I probably spend more time in here than I do in the house. So I probably need to hire a housekeeper, but you know, um, <laughs> this is I where you'd rather be. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather be here. You know, this is where I enjoy it. So, yeah. So, um, how your business, your floral design business is chrysanthemums, which is a Correct. very cute play on your first name. Um, I called you a full service floral design studio because I know you do weddings and events, but you also were telling me that you're doing all kinds of, um, just local everyday, uh, orders that are coming through. And so, right. I, it started out, you know, a friend of mine said, Oh, can you do a bridal bouquet for my daughter's wedding? And I'm like, 
well, sure. I've always loved flowers. I've worked with them, you know? Um, and so I did. And then it was just word of mouth, you know? And then after that, it just started being, oh, can you make one for a birthday or so? Yeah. Now, I mean, I do daily deliveries, local deliveries, people, I make arrangements, people pick them up and travel with them. I do wow. destination weddings. So I'm kind of, yeah, I do sympathy designs, local, you know, celebrations. Right. And, and it, you, you kind of have, it's interesting. I was really chuckling at your bio because you talked about working at a flower shop when you were a teenager going and then going to horticulture school and then relaunching your floral career later after that. So give us kind of a, a little explanation of this crazy journey you've had. You've never not had flowers in your hand. No, I mean, I grew up in Tacoma. Um, and I was in 4-H, and so I was always in, you know, agriculture and of things. And then, um, and I told you the other day, and I hate to say this, but it helps with the flower thing. I was the daffodil princess in my high school. It's kind of like the Rose Festival in Portland, you know, or Pasadena. Chris, that kind of Chris, I was a Rose princess in Portland, so we have that in common. <laughs> well, I, I have pictures, but they're not out, you know. Um, but, you know, so that was part of the journey, you know. Um, and then I worked at a floral shop in high school, and then... I met my husband, you know, before I married him and he was in Hermiston. And the, so the closest college I could find to Hermiston was WSU. And so, hey, that's where I want, went, you know, I did egg econ there and then got married and moved to Eastern Oregon. Mm-hmm. So what, for a while, were you just working on the, in the family landscape business before you sort of launched chrysanthemums or? Well, you know, we lived on the family ranch. You know, it was a registered Hereford ranch. We had sales and we sold cattle. We showed cattle all over the Northwest. Um, and then after a while, things changed and um, we moved and my husband went to work for the city and took care of all the parks and developed the parks in our local town because there wasn't a parks department. And we moved out on two acres with our kids and he got his landscape license. And so, yeah, we just start. we brought some cows with us and they got out at the fences. And as they got out, my husband said, they're gone. And then you know, the fence went further and the landscaping took place. I love it. That's great. So when you were at WSU, did you take any floriculture courses or did they even yes. have them? Yeah, I did. I took floriculture classes and um, horticulture classes, ag classes while I was there. Um, you know, because my husband and I were, you know, kind of the agriculture cow, you know, showing cattle thing. I, you know, I did like the judging team and, you know, meats and all that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, agriculture all ties us to the land. And so right, right. flowers aren't far from growing crops or growing, raising animals. So. Right, right. Well, what are you going to design for us today? I, I um, know that you draw a lot of your ingredients just from that beautiful landscape we just saw. Right. And that's actually what I did this morning. I made sure everything I have here, except for one thing, is um, out of the gardens. Um, I like to use glass vases. To me, they're a great way to recycle, reuse. Um, plastic's not my friend. I've never really liked plastic. Uh-huh. Um, and so I like to use glass. Um, one of the first things I learned when I started is I would go to the Portland flower market and I took every class that all those, um, you know, Frank Adams and yeah, the wholesalers. Yeah. Right. All of them took offered. And so I would drive the three hours. I would take the classes they offered. And I learned about armature. I learned, you know, every, and back then it wasn't online classes, you know, so it was, I would drive. And then uh, for a long time, I drove back and forth to Portland to the flower market to get my product just to have for weddings and events. Wow. So every week I would drive until, you know, the wholesalers then started delivering here for like $15 and like, I'm a happy girl because I don't have to make that six hour drive. That's a whole day. That's crazy. Oh, and then come back and then, yeah. 
And so when I first started, though, I knew that I had to educate myself. I knew I had to take classes because, I mean, I wasn't an expert at it. And so the first big class that I took, I took a class from Paula Pryke at the San Francisco Flower Market. And I left the Tri-Cities, which is like 45 minutes away, at like four in the morning. I flew to San Francisco. I took BART. I walked. I got to the flower market. I took a class from Paula Pryke, and that was one of my favorite classes I have ever taken to this day. Um, I took the class from her, made the bouquet. She showed us how, you know, they do in Europe where they wrap them in paper and or in plastic tissue, you know, and the water's mm-hmm. in the bottom. I dumped the water out in the airport, carried it under my seat, got home at like midnight that night. Oh my um, gosh. But it was great. I mean, because if you don't educate yourself and learn, that's kind of what keeps us going, I think. I think that's so smart. I mean, you've you've studied with a lot of people. I, I In addition to Paula Pryke, you've studied with Ariella Shazar, Max Gill, David Beam, Amy Osaba, Alicia Sweetie, Francoise Weeks, Holly Chappell. Like you're you're willing, you're not letting your sort of isolation in a smaller town keep you from from educating yourself. No, and that's kind of what I had to do because I knew if I didn't do that, I was going to be in trouble. You know, Mm -hmm. because you can't, nothing stays the same or you don't stay on top of your game if you don't, you know, educate yourself. Um, The last, um, I've taken some online classes from um, Allison Ellis and I really Mm -hmm. love her. I think she is great. Yep. Um, She's a Slow Flowers member too. And I love her um, kind of business focus, which is also something that you have to educate yourself on. Oh, clearly. I mean, clearly my college helped, you know, the egg econ, but until you get your hands in and start working, it's a whole different game. But yeah, she was great. The last, um, then I've been to like the Floor Abundance Design Days in Santa Barbara. That was great. You know, took my husband. It was nice to go for a few days. Um, the last class I've taken that I really, really enjoyed was um, just a couple of years ago with Joseph Massey. And we learned the, you know, the 358 thing yeah. and all of that that they teach in Europe, which, you know, and that really resonated with me. Now when I make my bridal bouquets, I make it out of the 12 wire and, you know, fold and do the whole process. It has changed my bridal bouquet game. Oh, my Just gosh. Just using that armature. It is to, so worth it. But yeah, wow. so he is a, he's a, been a, that was a great resource. Yeah, yeah, he's great. I had him on the podcast when he was teaching at the Whidbey Flower Workshop uh, three or four years ago. Uh, Chris, uh-huh. We're going to post this uh, sh- this episode uh, at deborahprinzing.com next week. So maybe okay. I can get a few photos of some of those bouquets you're talking about uh, that you okay. can share. Because I'd, I'd love okay. to show that. Okay. Who is so your... Kind of Go ahead. Let me tell you what I'm working with. Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. And then I'll, I'll hold my questions. <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, I had to have my husband give me names because he's the, you know, plant person with names. Yeah. So this is Katinas Witchcraft. It's gorgeous. Um, we've got... Uh, that's okay. Then I've got Hiscanthus, um, over, this is, uh, Carl yeah, Forster. Ms. I've got some Hiscanthus right here that I'm going to use. And then I've got some Helianum Sneezewort Mardi Gras that oh. was really pretty in the gardens. Oh, and wow. then I do have, I harvested some apples off of an espaliered apple tree that we have. Oh my gosh. Um, some Echinacea. Uh, here's my blue thistle that, you know, I harvested out of the gardens. Um, and I've got some sunflowers. These are the part from the Portland flower market. So I still try and keep, you know, support local, um, even though it's three hours away from me. But I know that, you know, a local farmer grew this in the area. Yeah. And so I'm going to use those. So I will just keep going and you can ask me questions and 
I'll ramble while you. I'd love ask it. Me. Well, first of all, that cotinus, that smoke bush color is so. It's almost like turquoise. It's so teal. Uh, it's it's definitely a landscape plant, right? Right, and if, you know we have it in green too. But please don't ask me what the variety name is in green. No, but no, he said, but... "Did you pick any green?" I'm like, "No, nah, I just got this." I just your this your sedum is your green, right? And you right. were telling me how much how how much uh, how popular that is as green early in the season, because right. you know people don't really know what it is. No, and um, I think what I told you is my husband's on the fair board last week. They asked, "Oh, we need twelve centerpieces for a VIP tent." I'm like. Oh, great. As I'm walking through 107 degree weather and looking at everybody's, you know, little mason jars of sunflowers that are drooping. And I'm like, I can't do that. They're going to be out there for four nights. So I just went into the gardens. I cut sedum. I folded a leaf. I put it in a jar. And you know what? They held up for four nights. It was 107. You know, it worked out really good. Everybody thought it was fabulous. They thought they were, you know, a succulent. And, you know, it was great. Yeah, that's cool. They held up. I love it. They were, you know, nice and cheery they didn't droop yeah it makes me want to i i have two and a half plants i have two sedum autumn joys and one that's kind of like almost dead so it makes me want to oh. plant more because you have a mass of it in your garden and uh oh i i would say we probably have 50 or 60 plants of them you know but we've got five acres and we have you know landscape shrub beds in our rental as well and so that's exactly what we're doing you know we still have some shrub beds to fill in there and i would like to you know, we don't really do rows of things. My husband's not a row person. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would, every time we see something or I'm like, oh, we need to plant this. And he's like, okay, we'll put it over here. So, yeah. So it's all integrated into the borders and beds. It's not a production, Correct. not a farm. You don't have a farm. Well, I would not, I would love to have it in rows. I'm more of a row, walk down a clean row, cut your flowers, bring them in. But, you know, I guess it's an adventure to walk through the garden, see what's blooming, <laughs> you know, and just pick and choose from that because every day something is different. Uh, you know what? You, um, I think I saw you, you talked about using a clear glass face, but I think I saw you put some curly willow in for the mechanic. Yes, uh, mechanic? I had that okay. in first, and that is um, from the gardens as well. Um, I like to twirl it or make it into a loop. So I'm using that for my armature. Mm -hmm. So I don't, when I, I will say when I first started, I used floral foam and I don't know, maybe, but just for me, I think with my inexperience, when I first started to me, that made me feel secure, but I rare, I only time I use it now is for like on arches. If I'm doing like, um, because I can't do an arch arrangement for a wedding. Usually I have to do it four or five hours in advance and at the 106 degrees, if I did it in chicken wire, I'd really have a hard time. Um, unless, unless you did it with that sedum, maybe it, you should try one. <laughs> well, I would love to do this bridal bouquet with that. But I mean, you know, I still, I, so I really don't use that. And the armature, I think the classes I took, you know, early on really helped me. You know, one class I took, they said, if you can throw the wrist corsage that you make across the room, it should stay together. Yeah. Or, you know, you should be able to, you know, basically drop your vase and everything. So I really focus on that because I do have to deliver and travel. I travel right. anywhere from, you know, I can go 50, 60 miles for deliveries. Wow. Do you have, go, oh, go ahead. do you have air conditioning or a, or a um, swamp cooler? I have, in a walk, your I have a walk-in cooler um, and that has been really great. Um, a good friend of mine is a refrigeration guy and he um, helped me get that. I didn't have it for a long time. I just had, like everybody, you know, one of the pop coolers until it froze my flowers for a wedding one day. Oh, my goodness. And then, um, 
we got this. It's not big. It's like eight by eight or eight by 10. Um, and then I do we just put in um, mini split air conditioners in the studio um, last year because my little window mount, you know, couldn't handle 117. Um, in my car, I have um, I have a van and it is uh, I have insulated it. You know, it's because it was a cargo van. And I've insulated the ceiling and stuff, and it holds stuff really well. So I really don't have any trouble with, you know, holding stuff for heat. And you kind of learn, you know, what's going to hold up and what isn't, and, you know, what you need to really mist really well. And right. Right. I mean, you're a veteran. Can we talk about the time recently I was driving down I-5 in Seattle, and I drove past a, van, sure. a truck that said chrysanthemums? Oh, sure. That's a, that, that, I bring that up a lot to my daughter. So, um, so I rolled down so, the window and tried to gesture to the people in the van and they, I'm like, I, I'm a friend of Chris's and she's like, I'm her daughter. Okay. So that story goes. Um, so my son-in-law is the one who came up with the name chrysanthemums. Um, both him and my daughter are very creative entrepreneurs, um, you know, new adventures, all those kinds of things. And so we had had the flower trailer. He had had it wasn't using it. He said, you need to take it and use it. So we used it here for a long time. And then I had my van and I'm like, I don't really need it anymore. And they, they actually, um, like I said, they moved to Vashon Island and they have a mini bar. Uh, and I'm probably not saying it right, but it's called an op there. Those little Italian car things. Oh, and they've, uh-huh. they've turned it into a mini bar that they rent throughout the Seattle area, Northwest. And they, you know, people put whatever they want in it and serve out of it. It's a really cute little thing. Cute. Like so a cocktail, that, like a cocktail feature of a right, cocktail bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I said, you know, you guys really need to take the trailer back because I'm really not using it that much. So they did, but they just have never taken off my logo and my <laughs> phone number. And my daughter's like, yeah, mom, we're going to get that done. But so for now, you'll see me traveling around the Seattle area, probably. Yeah. It's your billboard. With, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So well, that was a, that was crazy, um, but your name is but chrysanthemum is so distinctive and just you know it's a charming brand with the capital K R I S too, which emphasizes your name, but has a a little botanical twist to it. Uh, so obviously, there's only one. It was one. really hard for me to get used to, though. Oh, I really didn't like it because I I would rather be you know behind the scenes here working and you interview somebody else. <laughs> Chris, that is turning out so beautiful, and um, you uh, the grass is really um, just kind of enlivened the whole thing, and I love Carl Forster grass. Um, it's so <clears throat> golden, and in the landscape, it's got such a, like, a columnar vibe. Right, and right. Then the and other... we have a lot of other, and I don't know the exact names, but, you know. Okay, so how are you adding the apple? I'm adding the apple in the middle. Uh-huh. And so I'm going to let it droop a little bit, but because I've got, you know, all this, uh, curly willow in the middle, that's what's my, you know, supporting. Sure. And I don't really want my apples to be, you know, hidden. I want them to be a little bit out there, but I don't want them to be there so much that it's like, yeah. Oh, you've got apples there. I would rather have them be a little bit more down inside. So you have to look inside right. to see what's here. That's, you know, and right. this is a local bundle of wheat that we have. We, you know, there's a lot of wheat farmers. And so we use wheat. Girls will bring me wheat from their dad's farm and we'll put it in, you know, arrangements, boutonnieres. It holds some sentimental value. Absolutely. You're making it so, so appropriate for the location. And sunflowers do grow in your area, right? Right, right. And yeah. I, you know, clearly should grow them. But, you know, something has to give and it was, you, it's that so, well, it seems to me from the tour you gave us that most of the what you have are perennials and shrubs, 
and grasses, but not right. a ton of annuals, unless it's for the hanging baskets. Well, and you know, a couple of years ago, I did raise um, zinnias and they did really, really well. And I just, this spring was crazy. And like I said, something's got to give and that's what it was. Yeah. But yeah. next year I will definitely get, like I said, we have a renter and his, the area over there, I'm going to turn into like where my zinnias will go and sunflowers. We get a lot of wind though. So I'm going to clearly put up like some T-posts and hog wire <laughs> right. for the sunflowers to right. just kind of hold them. Um, it seemed like it was very windy when you were doing the tour yesterday. But it felt great. It felt really yeah. good. Um, I do use a lot of leaves. They come from Florida. So they're for a farm there. Um, I like to twist them. Um, I think they add, you know, that's what I did with the, um, you know, the sedum the other night for the mm-hmm. fair things. Um, and so, I mean, even though they're from Florida, it's still, you know, yeah. a U.S. So, grown product. Um, so you folded it over and then wired it so it's a loop. Right. Yeah. I don't just, you know, yeah. So That's I don't know sweet. why. I just started doing this and, you know, I think it just adds a little punch, a little bit of, it finishes it off a design. and um, Well, and most people yeah. don't know what it is. So they're, they're just right. impressed. So. Oh, that's right. so pretty. Oh my gosh. And you added, it's interesting that the dark, the dark foliage and then the Echinops and then that Helenium kind of uh, balance all the lighter straw and golden components. Right. So, Well, and I'm, I almost feel guilty because I, you know, I'm clearly fortunate to be able to have this kind of access, you know? Yeah. But you know, this doesn't happen all year round, but I do use it when I can. So, you know, sometimes it, what I have and what I use will be more accent in the wintertime. You know, we've got a, a ton of conifers and that is really fun to be able to use those. So. Does the olive and the uh, eucalyptus that are all in pots and you move them into the greenhouse, are you able to cut from that in the winter? Cause they don't ever drop oh, their leaves. I should have right? cut some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh, I use it year round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we keep the greenhouse, you know, just above freezing, but yeah, um, I use the olive branches in, um, Bridal bouquets, girls yeah. love it, and oh I love gosh. it too. Yeah, it's it's I and I I'm trying to be careful when I cut on it so it doesn't like totally distort it, but you know it just goes like crazy. So yeah, that is um, something I clearly should have put in here. But I've well, it, oh no no that's okay. Me. It clearly loves the heat in Eastern Oregon. It's it's oh, it just does. that it can't survive outside of the greenhouse in the winter. Right, right. You know, and so we keep it just above freezing, and so it does really well. Well, listen, before we wrap up, I want to talk a little bit about your marketing and your branding. Okay. Um, when, okay. when you, you want to move that a little bit to the right so we don't, you're not blocked by it. Yeah, there we go. Okay. That's okay. fair. Uh, we have to okay. see your face. Um, who else is uh, serving the wedding market? I mean, are there, do you have competition or are you just so um, different than a, a brick and mortar flower shop? Um, yes, I clearly am because I'm clearly custom. Nothing is sitting in my cooler made. So when you call, I make it. Um, we have, um, there's another flower shop in town that does a really great job, but it's a walk-in. You know, she has um, other things, trinkets and, you know, candles and stuff like that that you can um, buy. But I clearly am a little bit more different. And then there's another flower shop. So there's two, three flower shops in town. Um, but I think, you know, there's, the population is 20,000 people. Um, there's clearly room for all of us. We all have a little bit of a different aspect. And then, you know, there's the grocery store. So here is the olive branches. Oh, I love it. Oh, your, your friend went and got it for you. I love it. Yes, she did. And even I have some with olives on it here, but you know, before I thought it looked nice, but once you put this olive in, you know, seeing the gray underside of it, just really, and then you love it. Eucalyptus from the gardens. 
and um, yeah. So um, in terms of, you know, your population of 20,000, a couple other people right. also serving the wedding market, it seems like the if you start looking at the larger region with destination weddings, you have a much larger market then. Right. And, you know, Tri-City, so Pasco Richland, Washington is, you know, like 40 miles away. So, you know, clearly they get a lot of that. But then we get a lot of brides who want to come here because of the gardens, you know, and usually I will do the flowers if there's a wedding here. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, you don't have to use me when you do the But gardens. why wouldn't they, right? Well, yeah, it just makes it easier for everybody, you so, know. Right. So how approximately, I know COVID might have thrown this off, but how approximately how many weddings are you able to host every year? Okay. So <laughs> I have a wedding every weekend in the gardens from now till October 22nd. Oh my gosh. And, and then we start in May and I take two weeks off during fair and rodeo. So almost every weekend from May until the end of October. Wow. But then last year we had weddings in the greenhouse because of COVID and, you know, people, had booked for the summer outside had to risk make it smaller and they're at this point we just want to get married they could have 50 people in the greenhouse and we had a beautiful wedding in the greenhouse for 50 people like a micro wedding and i think brides have figured that out the ones mm -hmm. who have had the smaller weddings really enjoy them yeah wow so it's a it's a big part of your business being a venue Right, right. Mm -hmm. We yeah. had a lot of business meetings. You know, I'm president of the Chamber of Commerce this year. And throughout COVID, we've been meeting in the greenhouse or in the gardens just because we can be outside. You know, we can have space. Right. So, wow. And then when you have a wedding, um, you're, whoever the couple is, they're hiring a caterer and bringing in, do you provide all the chairs and sound system or do they yeah, have to rent we have that? All chair, we have chairs, tables. We provide the sound system that's throughout the gardens. So they just log in with their iPhone. No, I do not do any catering. That is not my deal. Um, we don't have a kitchen. No, that's okay. That. That's someone else's yeah. job. <laughs> yes. We guys spread it around. Um, yeah. Well, Chris, talk a little bit about the radio spots you're doing. And, um, and maybe I think it'll inspire people to look at marketing um, well, you know, you know, kind every, of in a hybrid. Every class I've taken or everybody you listen to say that, oh, radio is your worst investment for, you know, doing ads. And so um, we're 20,000. You know, I know the people that are on the radio station. You know, we all work together to support the community, whether it's a fundraiser. I've got a fundraiser for a police officer that, you know, had an unfortunate health issue. You know, I'm donating flower arrangements for the centerpieces this weekend. You know, we all work together. It's a, it's a small community. So we do that for each other. So um, they approached me about doing some ads. And I would do different ads throughout the year, you know, when they had a really great price on something and just run it for a special. But then I decided that I'm going to do it every month. So I do four 30-second ads. But I don't do selling ads. They're more educational ads. What I'm using in the gardens, what's happening in the gardens, you know, where I'm going, what I'm making for flowers and bridal bouquets, um, you know, just educating people. And so it's not necessarily a selling ad. It's more of an informational, educate the people. And I've got a tremendous feedback from it. It's been great. Wow. It's almost like you're positioning yourself as the local gardening expert, too, because you're talking about what's growing and or, or or do you not want to be in that position? Maybe your husband should do that. Yeah, he, he clearly should be here and say those little, you know, throw out those botanical names and all this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like last week's ad clearly was all about the fair and rodeo. Come out and support everybody. You know, the kids in 4-H have worked hard and long for their animals and support them in the sale. You know, that was my ad. I want to be a community partner 
Wow. And I've been here for a long time. And for me, that amount of money every month is worth it. People hear it. They like it. They know I'm not trying to push something, you know, at them, but they, you know, I'll get Facebook messages. Where do I find this? Or how did you do that? Or, you know. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. And can you give kind of what's the rough monthly budget for that sort of thing? Um, I'm, oh, I'm thinking it's like around six. I'm thinking I'm, I may, no, no, it's four. Sorry. It's four. Um, so I do, like I said, four 30 second ads and I record them myself. I have them down to 30 seconds. I go in, I sit at the radio station. I just record them and I'm out of there. That's, <laughs> I don't like to do but it. But that's like a hundred dollars a week. And you think about how much people spend to boost things on Facebook very easily could get to a hundred dollars a week. So it's, it's a, right. it basically, I can, I, I mean, I'm just coaching you here because I, I want to support you. I could no, see fine. you saying, okay, well, I get one, one additional new client a week or new order that's paid for itself. Right. right. Exactly. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause my special orders aren't the, you know, the, the inexpensive orders, you know, the 999, 1099 for a people that have been with me either through weddings or friends or ordered before, or seeing me support a, you know, community function will call. And, um, so my orders are probably higher price yeah. orders. Oh, for sure. And, and then as we kind of, you get through the end of the season, it sounds like you've got like eight or 10 more weddings. So you're not over yet. What, no. what happens, uh, with chrysanthemums and Bennett Botanical Garden in the, like over the holidays? Um, you know, really, I mean, as far as usually our weather is fairly good. So Doug is out in the garden still working. I mean, he's pruning and cleaning and figuring where he's going to put something new or moving. Um, and the flowers, you know, just keep going. I mean, I, you know, I will harvest out of the gardens, like I said, conifers and those kinds of things. Um, and then I'll try and locally source mm-hmm. like through the Portland flower market, or I'm a member of the Seattle wholesale growers market too. Mm-hmm. So when I go visit my kids, I'll usually stop. There's a dahlia grower in the Tri-Cities that I get dahlias from. And then a friend of mine raises peonies, you know, professional yeah. here. And so, you know, I try and do that. And so, I mean, I'm just as big. It used to be pretty seasonal, but year round now. I mean, wow. it's hard to get it's away. amazing. And are you asked to do um, like wreath workshops and that sort of thing in the greenhouse or? Usually, yeah, usually I do. I do a, a Thanksgiving, you know, like mm-hmm. centerpiece design. And then I'll do like a Christmas design. And, you know, I'll change it up with whatever we use. Um, so if you've done it before, you won't have the same thing. We have That's holly so- branch or holly plants, you know, bushes planted. And right. so I'll harvest those. Oh my gosh. It's so much going on. I love it. Yeah. Did you ever imagine that your life was going to take this turn? And and I just think it's so exciting that you've built a, a business that you can earn. You basically support yourself from your own property, your own garden. Right. No, I never would have imagined. It's just kind of, but I don't think we all really plan it. It just kind of happens. And, and it always hasn't been great and easy. I'll, I will be the first to tell you that. I mean, all you have to do is look at my hands. You know, I go to put boutonnieres on. I'm like, oh, I should have bleached these hands first or something. Right, you know? right, right. I mean, because it's just my husband and I who work in the gardens. And so, you know, a lot of it had been trial and error. Stuff has died. You know, things haven't done well. We've had to take them out. Um, you know, it's been hard, you know, the lawnmower breaks down, we've got a wedding, he's gone doing a landscape job. And it's like, you know, or like the guy here's Pepe dumping the septic tank this morning and he was gone and the guy couldn't get the lid off. I'm like, where are you at? You need to get back here. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of chaos, Yeah. but you know, it works. I mean, you know, yeah. I think if, if you, as long as you work hard at something you love doing, how could life be any better? Right. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, your arrangement is so beautiful. I, hope that you post a photo of it on Facebook or Instagram so we can uh, see it, you know, 
without the studio All behind this. it, but you know, just right. charming. And um, I hope there's someone lucky gets that in your life. Maybe a cl- maybe you'll get a phone call of someone who needs a centerpiece, and you'll be like, "Yeah, I got that." Because you said you had six or seven orders on Monday morning alone. Right. And those were just calling and those weren't the pre-head orders. And, you know, some people may not think six or seven is many, but for me, where I make each one and I deliver each one, you know, I'm the one person here. There's nobody cleaning buckets but me or delivering but me. But I like that. I like being able to control quality. You know, if there's a problem, I want to be able to handle it and be able to answer, you know, yes, I did this or no, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Great. And and I'm assuming that it's Wednesday and you're already thinking about this week weekend's wedding plus the right. the charity thing you're doing. So, yeah, summer right. is... Yeah, and I guess I have to judge a watermelon spitting contest on Saturday. <laughs> and then, you know, so, I mean, there's lots of turning pieces. So, yeah. Well, how many more... Uh, Weeks, months, or years, are you um, the president of the Chamber of Commerce? Because I'm sure some of it comes with that hat, too. You're wearing that hat. Yeah, yeah. I'll be the president for a year. I was, you know, and then you're the after the post one for a year. Uh-huh. And, and we're, you know, we try and support local business. And that's, you know, a process. And it's been difficult. And, you know, we all need to work together to do that as a community. We do. We do. And, I mean, it's that's how I feel about uh, our community and how, you know, interrelated we all are. And, and uh, farmers need florists, florists need farmers. And it's just right. great to see um, how it's all come together at Chrysanthemums. And thank you for the visit to your studio and your beautiful gardens, Chris. I'm just, I can't wait to visit someday in person. I'm not that far away. There's no excuse. Yeah. Nope, that's fine. That would be great. Nope, we, we're usually always here. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your studio, your beautiful gardens, and uh, being a live guest on the Slow Flower Show. When we post the show notes, I'll make sure everyone knows how to find and follow you. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Deborah. Thank you. Take care. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. For anyone interested in creating a wedding and event component of their farm or property, you'll be impressed by what Chris and her husband have developed. Chris designed a beautiful arrangement during our video interview, and you can see her process during the video and check out the photos of the finished design along with a gallery of other chrysanthemum designs in today's show notes. Our next sponsor thank you goes to The Gardener's Workshop, which offers a full curriculum of online education for flower farmers and farmer florists. Online education is more important this year than ever, and you'll want to check out the course offerings at thegardenersworkshop.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 758,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support, and I invite you to show your thanks to support Slow Flower's ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. And thank you to Rody, an on-demand delivery company offering affordable same-day and scheduled deliveries. With a network of friendly local drivers who handle each delivery with care 
and one-on-one support from a designated account manager, Rody guarantees a smooth and reliable delivery experience from pickup to delivery. And with no contract commitment, you only pay for what you need when you need it. Sign up for your first delivery at rody.com slash slowflowers and use the promo code slowflowers. That's one word to get $5 off your first order. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more slow flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Thank you so much to Andrew for helping me set up our new video podcast platform and for teaching me the technology. I'll be relying more on his talents in the coming days. You can learn more about Andrew's work at soundbodymovement.com. 